Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Danny Augustine is a speech-language pathologist and alum of the Start Your Private Practice program who was able to pay off $52,000 worth of debt and double her school SLP salary through her private practice. Danny is very much into finances and educating and supporting SLPs related to understanding how to get ahead financially through her very popular Instagram account, which is at SpeechGoods, and also through her new online course, which is called Budget Without Burden. Today's episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast features a conversation that Danny and I originally had on Instagram Live, where we discussed several ways that SLPs can get ahead financially without fear. So if you're an SLP who is stressed out about finances and wants to get out of debt, get ahead, or even get rich, this episode is perfect for you, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. How are you doing tonight? I am so excited to be here again on Instagram Live tonight with Danny Augustine, who's going to talk about her private practice success story. Danny, thank you so much for being here tonight. And tell all these lovely people who may or may not know who you are, who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Jenna. Like, and I'm going to be real with y'all, like, I'm actually exhausted right now. <laughs> But we are going for it because um, I make my own schedule. I'm on my own boss, so I schedule myself this way. <laughs> but yes, uh, my name is Danny Augustine on Instagram. You probably know me as Speech Goods. If you don't know me, I love talking all things business, all things money and financial literacy. I actually have my first course coming out to help SLPs learn how to budget um, and do it effectively so that you can have more money to invest and invest in things like whether or not you want to invest in retirement or invest in things like yourself, like buying Jenna's program. Um, that was something that was super, super helpful for me whenever I was looking to start my private practice, as well as just not having to take like forever in your life. So 
that's mostly what I love talking about. And I love to chatting about private practice, which is why I'm here right now. <laughs> Danny and I can like get on a roll. So make sure y'all are asking questions in the comments, like stop us if you have a question. Cause otherwise like, we're just going to go right. Cause she and I also, we're both from Louisiana. She still lives there. I live in Massachusetts now, but I'm like Louisiana through and through. So we're going to drop a bunch of y'alls too. But what I want to kind of get to know or get to talk about with Danny tonight is like, how private practice came into her life. And let's see, either she's frozen or I'm frozen. I don't know. But the cool thing is, is that there's lots of different ways that people can start private practices. And I think when people like get first in the field, there's this idea that you have to wait until you've been in the field for like 15 or 20 or more years before you start a private practice. And that is not true, right? One of the things that I see as my main mission in life is to teach SLPs how to start a private practice that works for them and their family and this season of their life and really helps you get more freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, and finances. So those of you who are listening, I just told you my favorite four Fs of why SLPs choose private practice. In the comments, while we're waiting for Danny to come back, Let me know, what is your favorite F word? Freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, or finances. So let me know which of those is the most motivating to you when it comes to maybe thinking about starting a private practice. I would love to know. And I'm going to let Danny right back on here. Perfect. All right. We got a freedom, right? I think most SLPs, we're getting a lot of freedoms, right? We've got one person just now that said finances. And it's totally cool. Another, another for freedom. People have a mix and it's totally okay to be, you know, have one maybe be the forefront, but all of them. What was one of the things that got you first interested in private practice, Danny? Which of those, those four F's appealed to you when you were first thinking about this? Okay. So I already know the two that were definitely like on my heart. So freedom was really the biggest one for me. I would say freedom was first and then finance was second. I know for myself, I felt very confined uh, with other jobs that I had had. I constantly felt like I wasn't able to give my patients what they needed. Um, And I also felt like I was constantly being, I'm a big believer. I love the idea of niching down in private practice. That's something that's been very beneficial for me. Um, It's something that I talk a lot lot about on my page as well. And that I knew that was something I wanted to do. I had some specific niches that I was interested in. I love infant feeding and lactation, myofunctional therapy, and I also have my cult certification to work with kids with dyslexia. And I knew those were things that I wanted to focus on. And I felt like I felt like I wanted the freedom to be able to spend a lot of time and my financial resources on honing those. And so I didn't really want to treat everyone. And I felt like at my previous jobs, you know. I pretty much had to just treat whoever walked in the door. And so that was a really big thing for me to be able to treat the types of patients that I wanted to treat because I wanted, I wanted to know that after, after every session that I gave the kid the best that I could give them. And part of me being able to do that was niching down and having a niche private practice, which is which was difficult to do with someone uh, working for someone else versus working for myself. And then on the financial side, I actually almost left the field. I was looking at other careers. I was looking at being a neuropsychologist. I looked at OT and PT, but then I realized, you know, grass ain't always greener. (laughs) And um, I remember thinking like a big part of it was the financial piece. 
And I actually, I did some math and realized that you can do very well in private practice and you don't have to become this big clinic or this big private practice. I have myself and I have one independent contractor and that is all that I have. I don't, for me personally, kind of like Jenna talked about, you know, you can make it what you want to make it. If you want to grow into a big therapy team and have the gym and the multidisciplinary clinic, like you do your both, like go do your thing. But I knew that wasn't what I wanted. And I really liked Jenna's program for that, how I was able, how, you know, she doesn't push you into making your private practice a certain kind of a certain kind of private practice. And then again, the financial side, I was able to do my own calculations and realize, you know, what I wanted in a private practice was actually going to be financially rewarding um, and provide me the freedom that I wanted. And I, I told my husband, I was like, I was like, I don't think I can never go back. I don't think so. I don't think so. Once you have, and I think I've said this to you before, Jenna, once you have this sweet, like, taste of freedom yeah it's so hard to go back it is <laughs> it is hard to go back because because once you you know once you're in control of, of your life like that's that's what we all want right and that's kind of what, what we think's gonna happen like when you first, like y'all take a little like time capsule or whatever like time machine rather back when you first got into the profession right when you're like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and you're like i just went to grad school i know all this information i cannot wait to get out there and help every client and then you kind of get out in the field and you're like oh (laughs) what is this productivity requirement thing and i have to do what kind of documentation all the time and oh there's deadlines for that which means i have to work all the nights and weekends and oh wait you don't get raises or bonuses. Like I remember one time my dad, when I was first like in the field and I had my first job, I was a CF and he was like, what did you get for your Christmas bonus? I like laughed and then cried. (laughs) I was like, oh, we don't, apparently we don't get Christmas bonuses. Right. So it's like, you're just not in control of your finances. Right. And so that's one of the things that I think that our field sacrifices is like, yes, we can have a pretty steady job with steady pay, right? And that's one of the reasons why people choose this profession because they're like, I want a, a steady job and I want to get you know, a, a good solid pay. But the problem is, is that what you sacrifice for that is that the pay doesn't really go up, right? Most people kind of start at like a solid starting mid salary, but like to go up from there, takes like 30 years, right? And most people, you know, their expenses, and this is something I want to get into talking about with you. If your expenses keep going up, but your salary doesn't, that's a problem, right? And so what I'm trying to teach people to do, and I know you are too, is like make that difference, right? Either, and I think you're with the budgeting angle, trying to help people like save more and whatnot. And I'm sort of, on the opposite end, but we, you know, we work well together, but is like trying to get people to earn more. Right. So it's like, you can kind of take either approach. And I think actually, if you use both of our approaches together, that's like the best way to do it. But for those of you who are listening, who are like, yeah, I'm not making as much money as I thought. And yeah, I now I want to get married. I want to buy a house. I've got kids that I'd like to send to college at some point. Like you got to figure out how to make up that difference And I think that the best way to do it is by seeing private clients, even just a handful of people on the side, if you don't want to go all in on private practice. 
Yes. Yes. And um, inflation is an average of 3% a year, which with the current economic situation, I think what was inflation 5% last year. So if you didn't get a raise at all, you technically got a pay cut, by the way. Like just, I'm just like putting it in reference here and exactly what Jenna said, this idea of this, having this like ceiling to your income and only getting raises and things either whenever the school system says you can get a raise or, you know, whenever your boss says you can get a raise and things like that, you're kind of part of it. And that's something that I really like about private practice is I feel like I'm, I'm taking more control over not just like my current situation and my day-to-day life, but I'm also taking more control over my future. One thing I talk about a lot and emphasize a lot is, you know, yes, we want to make sure that what we're doing now is something that we love, but we also want to make sure that what we're doing now is, fatil- is facilitating the future that we want to have. And that is something that I think it's sometimes hard for us, especially a lot of us SLPs, where a lot of us are really stressed out. We work really hard. We care so much and we're really focused. And I've talked about this um, in the SLP burnouts group a few weeks ago. We get really caught up in the daily. We get caught up in the daily paperwork. We get caught up in the daily, like, okay, I got to get the kids here. And then, okay, I got, okay, I got to retain my schedule. I got to do this. I gotta do this, this. And sometimes we get so caught up in the daily that we forget to think about like that long term and that future. And that's what private practice really was for me, Um, knowing that I wanted to have multiple streams of income, knowing that I wanted my own schedule. My husband and I, so part of starting speech goods and talking like financial literacy with SLPs, you know, I'm not just here to tell you, save your money, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I'm 100% with Jenna. Like, yes, I want you to spend intentionally, but I want you to make more money. My husband and I have a goal of retiring in our mid 40s. And or be, retiring slash being work optional. I don't know. I, I'll probably still want to work part time. I haven't decided yet. But we're going to be at the very least work optional in our mid forties. And I'm a speech pathologist. My husband is an HVAC technician. You know, none of us are. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. You know, not, there's nothing insane going on here. But just through financial planning and through increasing our incomes, like myself, increasing my income through private practice and having other streams of income. And by the way. Private practice has allowed me the time and the flexibility to have other streams of income. That's another thing, too. I want to make sure I talk about in a second, Jenna. Don't let me forget. Um, My husband's found other ways to increase his income. And because we've increased our income and actually just kind of like kept our spending the same, now we have extra money to put into our retirement accounts, to put into investments, to put into investing ourselves. I talked about when I bought Jenna's course, like that was an idea of an investing in, in, our, in myself. And that's something that I think is really important when we're looking at purchasing things. And I kind of talk, and I think I've talked to you about this, Jenna, going from like this employee W2 mindset to like a, like a CEO business owner mindset. And, you know, thinking of, I think typically when we think of purchases, when we when we make purchases, we often think of it as just a transaction. So, you know, I give you a dollar, I get this pen, my dollar is gone, and now I have this pen, right? Now, you as the person who sold it to me has showed me that, you know, this pen, the dollar that I'm giving you is worth giving up so that I can have this pen, but I'm not getting that dollar back, right? Well, I want you to, one thing you need to start thinking about, and especially when you're looking at investing in yourself, which I think is so, so important. I also have a podcast and every business owner, including Jenna, that I've talked to on the podcast, they literally all say the same thing, investing in yourself 
is so important. Investing yourself with things like Jenna's course, mentorship, whatever it is that you're doing, because investing in yourself isn't just you take my dollar and I get this pen. Investing in yourself is you take my dollar and you're going to give me this awesome tool so that I can go make my own pen so I can go sell them to other people <laughs> and make money. <laughs> so thinking of things less in a transaction mindset and more with an investment mindset, I think is really, really important. And again, that goes back to not getting so caught up in just like these daily things. I think we can get very easily distracted with those because life is stressful. You know, a lot of you, you probably you've got jobs, you've got kids, you know, like if you, you know, some of you might have like sick parents and things like that. And that's all life and all things that are coming together. Um, but I think it's so important to just keep that long-term in mind. And when you keep that long-term in mind and you're investing in yourself and when you are planning and planning your life and, you know, crap happens. I'm not, ain't nothing going to be perfect. All right. Like, don't, I'm not trying to say that. Um, crap happens. But when you're sort of like putting that time and intentionality into your life, it really just comes back to you like a quadrillion fold and increasing your income um, is not about being greedy. The podcast, I got to speak to, uh, he's a dentist who owns uh, Myospots, which is a company that they produce. These, uh, they produce these little tactile things for uh, myofunctional therapy. They're great products. Awesome. Go check out the recent episode. He's fabulous. And I asked him, what, and he's a dentist and he thinks of himself as a clinician. And I say, you know, how do you feel about this idea of like making money because you went into this to help people. Like, how do you feel like this idea of making money? And he was like, well, first of all, in order for a business to be sustainable, it has to make a profit. Like, I can't do this for free. I have to be able to feed my family. And then we also got into this great discussion how putting more financial control and more money in the hands of people like us who actually give a crap about everybody makes the world a better place. Because if, the, if it's not in our hands, you know, and we kind of, we actually had a little chat like, you know, his product is a great product. Someone who wasn't in the field of like dentistry and myofunctional therapy very well could have gone and made that product and probably made a very, very great product, probably made an amazing profit off of it because it was a great idea. But the fact that they were the ones that came up with it, it's the highest quality. It made, made with the clinician and the therapist in mind because they are the ones that made it. And it was just, I mean, you just have such a better you have such a higher quality product, a higher quality service being provided to people who are willing to pay for your products because you're bringing value. And the fact that like, that's who needs to be owning businesses. That's who needs to be providing service. I think we get this idea that having money and creating more income or owning a private practice and, oh, well, your uh, money's evil, blah, blah, blah. Well, money is just an amplification of whose hands it's in. So if you're a butthole, Money's just gonna make you like an even giant or butthole. Okay, let's just be real. But if you are kind, if you are giving, if you are generous, if you are focused on giving to others, if you're focused on providing high quality, when you have money in your hands, that's going to be amplified. And I think that's something that really that's just some I'm going on a rant, I'm sorry, but that's just something that I really want to hone in on because I love this idea of like SLPs, like going out and doing the dang thing and starting private practices. And I'll tell you this, I hired a contractor. I'm able to pay her very, very well because of the way that I run my business. So not only, not only have I been able to reward myself financially, but I'm also being able to pass that on by not treating someone who works for me like crap. Totally right. <laughs> and, and I'm the same way, right? It just makes like the more you, you have, the more you can give, right? Yeah. 
like the other, literally last night, I'm like scrolling Facebook. I came across someone who had a friend who's in this really tight financial situation with some health issues in her family. They were doing a GoFundMe. I don't know who this person is. I gave them a hundred dollars, right? It's like that you can just kind of like be more generous and, and things just come up and you're like, you know what? This is a person in need. I'm going to give them some money, right? So it's like, we, we want people to be able to do that as well as just like you said, hiring people. Like we have all had positions that didn't pay well, right? And so I think one of the goals for people who are in private practices who want to hire is people want to be able to pay their staff well, right? I know Adrienne Fuller, who, who is one of the people who is a mentor for my program, and I believe she's on right now. That was one of the things that she felt really strongly about was that she has a staff. She's got a private practice in uh, right outside of Orlando, Florida. And she wanted to be able to make sure that she was paying the people who are working for her really well, right? We have all been stiffed in this profession, whether you work in a school or a hospital or early intervention, or maybe even someone else's private practice. And like, let's try to end that cycle, right? We have master's degrees. We should be earning like that, right? Last night, I don't know who all was on, but I was on with another Danny, which is Danny Newcomb, also known as the Messy SLP. And she she works in a school. She's a school SLP. She also does these amazing reels. Who, who has seen, you know, the Messy SLP's reels? Her, her reels are like incredible, right? I strive to be anything like her. But nonetheless, she was talking about how she, you know, she works full-time in the schools and she has a couple private clients on the side. And what she was saying too is like, the energy that she gets when she's, you know, leaving the school to head to her private client's house, right, is like so strong because it's something that she owns, right? She owns her practice. She gets to work with the kind of clients that she wants to, and she gets to earn what she is, what she's worth as a clinician. And that feels really, really good. And that's empowering y'all. And I want all of us, but, you know, especially women to know that we should be earning like really good salaries for what we can do how we help people, the amount that y'all that you know we have all invested in grad school, right? Like all of that, like we should be earning more. We we deserve more. I think SLPs were made for more. And if you're not in a setting that you're able to to give all that you want to and help in the way that you want to and you're not be re- being rewarded for that, then like I just want people to know that private practice is another option. And it can be a really good option for you, right? The pe- Danny, it's been a great option for you, right? Tell people a little bit more about what are some of the, th- like, what does your private practice look like? Of course. So my private practice that I kind of, for those of you who are just joining, I kind of mentioned it early. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, how um, for me personally, I do not, uh, I, I like the idea of keeping it small. I call myself like boutique style. That's like, the little the little term that I use is I'm boutique style. And so I have I have my I have one office. It's one room. I've got I have like my you know my desk. I have a couch, a little play area, a little trampoline, things like that. Honestly, I do home visits and office visits. I'd say about 30% of my caseload is through the state's early intervention system. I have I my the state early intervention early intervention system technically contracts my private practice, and I'm the one delivering the therapy. Um, so usually, I see my littles in the morning, and I do home visits for them. And then, if any of you guys work with like birth to three or preschool, you know that like pretty much any time after eleven, they're done because you got like nap time. <laughs> you got nap time and lunch time. 
much time and all that stuff. Um, this is real life. So this is what, this is what my kind of my day looks like. Um, so I see my littles in the morning and then I usually, I get to go home for lunch. I never have to pack my lunch. I go home for lunch. Um, I go home for lunch and I get to, um, I get to spend a, little, a few minutes with my cute pup Tilly. Uh, so she doesn't have to spend all day alone. So that's something that like I intentionally work into my schedule is, uh, I have I'll always have a little bit of time in the afternoon so I can come let her out. And then usually I'll have my after either have my after school clients, a couple after school clients that I see at the office. And then I do go to a couple schools during the day for my kids that I see for reading. So it really, it really just depends on the day, but I would say like, I do a combination of home and office visits. Um, I'm able to do that because first of all, I love that. I love home visits. I think they have so much value and there's some kids, especially young kids that just, they do so much better in the home. And I'm still able to provide those because I found an office space that was super, super reasonably priced. Um, cause that was another thing just with the financial considerations for opening up a private practice. Uh, that was one thing I was really considering was looking at what my expenses are for each month. And so I knew that if I wasn't trying to grow and hire, hire more therapists, um, like I said, I have one independent contractor. She does early intervention. I might extend that to some other people just depending on what life brings. But I knew at the end, like I wasn't, I, I knew at the end, I wasn't going to be, you know, bringing, I wasn't going to be, you know, having multiple therapists, therapists work for me or trying to move up in that way. So I wanted something that was super easy for me to sustain by myself. I didn't, I knew I didn't want to feel pressured to see a ton of kids. That was something else. Like I was very specific about how many kids I wanted to see each day. I didn't, um, where at my old job, I was seeing, I was doing like anywhere from 11 to 15 sessions a day. I did not like doing that. Um, I do not like doing that at all. And to each his own, you know, another thing I knew I didn't, I don't like 30 minute sessions. Um, there's some kids that I'll do it for if it's just really appropriate for them, but I don't, but a lot of my kids don't, 30 minutes is not enough. So I actually get to offer, I offer 45 minute, 45 to 50 minute sessions. So like, that's something else. Like I was able to decide for myself. Um, but I actually, when I started, I did the math. So I knew about what the insurance reimbursement was for the one in, I'm only a network of one insurance company. I knew what their reimbursement rate was. And I just said, okay, how many kids do I need to see? every day to cover my expenses and make the salary that I was making before. And you just sit down and do the math. And so I knew how much I could afford. Like I knew how much office I could afford. Again, especially knowing I wasn't going to get an office with two rooms because I knew I wasn't going to be filling. I I didn't want to fill that second room. I really like, I've been been doing it about a year and a half now. And I just really, really like kind of doing my own thing. And I think I'm just going to kind of keep it small, but that's kind of what my private practice private practice looks like. I love that. I also love how you talked about doing the math, right? And really figuring that out, right? That reminds me, one of the things I'm going to be giving to Danny's people, but I really like to give this to to any of y'all watching tonight. If you send me a DM with the word calculator, I actually made a calculator that helps you do the math. So real quick, go send me a DM with the word calculator before you forget. And when I get off this, I'll, I'll send you a link to it. But I really want people really to do just what Danny said and to like back into those numbers and see like how much would it, how many sessions would you have to do at X amount of reimbursement to cover your loan payment or to pay for your kids to go to camp or to um, be able to stop one of your part-time jobs or your per diem job or match your school salary or double your, your regular SLP salary, right? Like those are the things that you need to figure out. And then you figure out how to make them happen. Most of the people who go through my program, like I teach people how to start their private practices on the side of their regular job. 
a lot of people end up quitting their jobs and going into private practice full time. But there's a lot of people who don't, right? They, they, you know, still are school SLPs. Like, you know, Danny's a great, well, the other Danny is a good example of that. The messy SLP of someone who really has no intention of going full-time with her private practice. She told me last night, she thinks she's going to be in the schools for another 10 years. But in the meantime, she is like really developing this really nice nest egg of additional money that she's, that is funding a lot of stuff for her through her private practice, which she absolutely loves. So I think that that part is really important. One of the questions I, I have for you, Danny, that sometimes people ask me this, they say, well, I, I have a lot of student loan debt. Should I wait to start my private practice until after I've paid my debts? No. <laughs> okay. Let me people ask me that all the time. I would love to hear how you, I mean, I have my own reaction. Right. What is Danny's right. response? Okay. So my first piece of advice is always don't be stupid. Okay. Look, I tell it if you if y'all don't if y'all don't follow me, I just the I always say like it's a no fluff zone. Um honestly don't be dumb, right? Like we don't want to, you know, we don't want you to go spend money to start to start private practice and then you can't pay your kids daycare. Like me, like yeah, you trying to do that. But again, we need to think of these things as an investment, right? Um, and the point of an investment is that you get a return on your investment. If you don't get a return on your investment, then it's a, it's a sucky investment. You see what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Either it was sucky to begin with, or you didn't do the work to make it not sucky. Or you didn't like put in the time and the effort. Right. And I think that goes back to this idea of really thinking in the long term. Obviously, um, I'm, my husband and I are debt free. I'm all about, you know, getting out of debt. We have paid off $52,000 in student loans in 25 months. I'm very much on that train, all about it. But I also think you need to keep the long-term goal in mind, um, especially, and I think that's why it's so important to do your math. Um, and that's something we are going to be doing in the budgeting courses, taking you step-by-step step through doing your math and actually figuring out how, what your expenses are, what your expenses, like student loan payments and things like that versus your income and how much, how much all those things are, are taking away from your income. And, you know, what could happen if you increase your income with something like private practice. So a lot of it is really, a lot of it's really on you. So I would never tell someone not to start a private practice because they have a student loan payment. You could even say, maybe you should start a private practice because you have a student loan payment. So like you can even throw it that way. Now, again, don't be dumb, sweetie. Don't be dumb. You need to do the work, do your research, do the work. Like Jenna's program, Jenna has a great program, but if you don't like get up and go do the dang thing, like she's not going to get your clients for you. You know, so you need to make sure that you're, you're prepared to do the work. You're prepared to take the time. But I like, if you can increase your income, I mean, that's your student loan payment right there. Or maybe you can pay off your student loans. Like that would be awesome. Like imagine not having a student loan payment. That's something, an exercise of taking people through before is if you've got like a 300 and something dollar student loan payment, imagine how much money you can have if you invested that student loan payment every month. It only takes $500 a month to max out a Roth IRA. If you max out a Roth IRA for 30 to 35 years, you're, you're going to be a millionaire. And that's if you do nothing else. As long as like the U.S. government doesn't crash, which I'm not expecting it to anytime soon. <laughs> totally. And you can make that. So so what I recommend that people start with is, is like, I mean, I think a good rule of thumb is for your very first clients is like somewhere between like 80 to to $100 per hour for private pay. Okay. And let's just say um, you're going to do two clients per week. And just to keep the math easy, because I don't have access to my calculator because it's 
shooting me on video right now, right? If you did two sessions per week at $100 an hour, that's $200 per week, multiply that times four is $800 per month. Jenna, right? while you yeah. talk, I'm going to do, I'm going to put that in my investment calculator while you talk. Okay, uh, great. So let's just like, who, let me know in the chat, who would love an extra $800 per month? Like would that cover your student loan payment or would that cover your kid's daycare or, you know, whatever you want to put forward to your wedding or saving up for a down payment, right? Like that would really go someplace. And so if you start a private practice, like the debt-free way, which is the way that I teach people how to do it, where you don't get an office space, you don't buy all of the tests, right? People are like, well, I could never start a private practice without, I don't know, the self and the blah, blah, and whatever. It's like, you don't have to have all of those tests to start. Like you can invest in those over time, right? So if you can start a private practice with literally the knowledge that you already invested in grad school, right? And then it is a lot easier if you sign up for my program and I tell you exactly what to do in what order. I swear to God, it will save you so much time, effort, and frustration. But nonetheless, if you're able to make an extra $800 per month, like that can be a complete game changer for people working only two extra hours per week. Danny, you got some calculations for us? Yes, I have some calculations. So let's just say... Let's just say you did your private client example and I'll even, I'll even go less. I'll even go less. I'll even go to $500. You do $500 a month. Say you want to take that Perfect. 800, go buy a purse or something like, do you? Okay. So say you do, and say you only do that for like 10 years. Let's just say you only do that for 10 years. You will have, not only you will have contributed $60,000 to retirement, you will have also earned another $31,000 in interest. So you turn 60 grand into almost a hundred grand from like doing nothing from just like investing your money. <laughs> from just, and that would be from seeing like one or two clients a week. Yeah. Cause I just did five, I just did $500 a month. So I was like, go buy, go buy a purse or whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all see, y'all see what, what Dana and I are talking about. Like it doesn't. So every now and then people are saying like, Oh, well I started like driving for Uber eats or like I do like this, you know, I babysit sometimes and I'm sort of like, okay, so maybe you can make, let's say a hundred dollars in a, in a night that's over the course of a night or something. And that, that's a lot. Like I remember babysitting, that's hard work. Right. But instead in one hour, if you can make that much, right. And then you keep, then you either spend it on things that you need to spend it on, or you save it like that can really grow. So that's really what Danny and I are talking about. That's just why I want y'all to be thinking about private practice differently. Like, I don't think about it as a setting. Like, remember, like, all the settings that SLPs work in, right? So we've got, like, schools and hospitals and early interventions and university clinics and private practices. Like, to me, private practice is a means to an end. Like, it's a vehicle to get you where you want to go, right? If you only want to work, like, who who's not a morning person, right? There's people who, like, you know, I don't want to work before 10 a.m. Well, it's not that easy to find a job where you can just not work before 10 a.m., right? Or not work on Fridays, right? And so if you can't find a job that you like, create one. How cool is that, right? Yes, I don't work on Fridays, y'all. Well, I do admin work, but I don't see, um, I don't see patients on Fridays 
and I except every once in a while I will if I need to make up, but because because I want to, it's not because someone made me. Um, I don't see patients on Fridays, and I only do a half a day on Thursday mornings of patient care, and then the rest is either admin work, doing stuff for speech goods, or just doing what I freaking want to do, like. It's, and that's the thing, like it, I guess like the word that I think really describes it is potential and you can really, it has the potential, it has the financial potential. It has, and I mean, it's, it, it's, it's changed my life. It really has changed my life. And another great thing about private practice, Jenna, and to everybody out there is that it can change with this, it can change with the seasons of your life. So like a great example, like my husband and I were talking about maybe trying to have, trying, trying to have a baby, like, you know, maybe we'll start trying in the summer. So like, that is something that I'm thinking about. And like, I'm already, this is who I am because like, I'm a planner. I'm thinking about like, what kind of schedule I would want to have. Like, do I want to put my kid in daycare? Do I not want to put my kid in daycare? How can I structure my business so that I can, you know, I can have the kind of pregnancy that I would want to have or have the kind of, and you know, have the kind of schedule with kids that I would want to have. Um, and I just would not have that option working for someone else. I absolutely would not have that option working for someone else. And it's just really, really cool how it's not, it's, it's not the stagnant thing. It can change with you. So like you mentioned Danny, other Danny, not me, Danny, messy as well. Danny said that like, she'll probably want to just work in the schools for 10 years and do a private practice on the side. The cool thing is if she ever changes her mind or maybe in 10 years, if she wants to, you can just, she can decide to evolve her private practice to something that's going to fit her lifestyle for whatever it is that she wants to do. And that's another thing that's really cool about it. Like private practice, like is really, it's not this like one thing. It's whatever, it's whatever you want to make it into. And I've mentioned this before. I hate working and I used to have to work until six o'clock at my other job and I couldn't stand it. Especially in the winter when it was dark outside, I was like, where did my freaking day go? Um, so when I first started, I, when I first started my private practice, I was doing, I was where I just kind of like somewhat redid the job that I didn't like by making myself work until six, but I did it to myself. Um, but after, after, you know, after figuring out like, okay, I actually really don't like this. I was actually able to, um, sort of once I dismissed the kids that, you know, cause they didn't need me anymore. They graduated from therapy. Once those kids graduated from therapy in those later slots, I just didn't reopen those slots. And now I'm only working until six, two nights instead of four nights a week. And then actually this kiddo that's in my last spot, he's doing really well and we're about to dismiss him. And now after him, like I'm not doing that anymore because that's just not what I want to do. Like it's not good or bad. Like it's just, it's not what I want to do. And that's the cool thing. Like you actually get to think about what you want to do. And I think a lot of us haven't thought about what we actually want in so long. We think about what we have to do, especially, you know, as we're becoming SLPs, we think, okay, I have to, I have to get to the jury. I have to get the prep. I have to do this. I have to get the interview. I have to, I have to, I have to. Then you get into a job. I have to complete this paperwork. I have to see these kids. I have to get them on this time. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, private practice really allows you to think about like, okay, like, what do you actually want to do? What's going to make you be like, all right, let's freaking do this thing. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so y'all, people who are on right now, like drop them in the chat. Like, what do you want to do? Right? Because there's some people who, for example, only want to do AAC. Or they only want to do, you know, gender affirming voice. Or there, I've got people in my programs who love doing advocacy work or doing autism evaluations or, you know, whatever it is, group therapy, uh, people with dementia, dysphagia, mobile fees. Like 
whatever it is that you like, there are people who need that services and the services and they're going, they're either going without them or they're getting subpar services wherever they are, not necessarily through the fault of the facility, but like probably the overworked workers who are there who can't, you know, help in the same capacity. So that's another thing that people ask me all the time, like, is now a good time to start a private practice? And the answer is yes. Like there's such demand for our services right now. Like y'all, if we thought that before people were stuck on wait lists, like people are really stuck on wait lists now and, or they have been going without services or like people, you know, all y'all school SLPs are on here. Like your caseloads are bursting at the seams and you know that there's people who like need more than you're able to offer through no fault of your own. That's just the system that you're working within, right? So whatever it is that you love to do, you know that there are people who need that. And whether you're providing, I saw someone a little bit above asked about telepractice. Like you can do this in person. You can do it via telepractice. You can do it with, and I would do whatever works best for you and also the population that you serve, right? I was, I was meeting with one of the people in one of my programs the other day who just got an office space. She works with adults. And she's like, I just kind of find like adults either want to be in their home or they kind of like coming to a clinic. So I got like, I rented a small room in a clinic space and I was like, great. Like if that's what your population likes, then, then do that. Right. Like someone just said, I would love to do language therapy only. Great. Then do that. Right. If that's what lights you up and that's what allows you to do your best work for the clients who need you then do that because you know there are people who need you and are going without services. How cool if you could help fill their need and they could help you fill your needs of having that fulfillment and the finances and the flexibility. Like how cool is that y'all? Yeah. Like, yeah, that thing, the boom, was that a boom or a mic drop? It was a mic drop or a boom. I don't know. Maybe the mic exploded when you dropped it. Loaded on impact. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Jenna, you and I can't hang out. It's just like, we just, it's a hot mess. <laughs> We're great. We love it. <laughs> but yes, like, and honestly, y'all, you know, and it, 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 when, when you first get started, you gotta put, you know, you gotta put yourself out there, marketing. Jenna talks about a lot, a lot of that in the program and that helped me so much. And once you get, once you get your name out there and when you're, when you are good, when you provide a high quality service, you, you'll, you will not be begging for clients. I promise you. I have had to, and that's one thing like in my local area, I've kind of tried to knowing that kind of, like I said earlier, for those of you just joined, um, I'm not trying to expand and hire a bunch of therapists to train under me or anything like that. I really just kind of want to keep it like myself and kind of pursue some other, some other income streams versus hiring other therapists. And, uh, so I've kind of developed like this network of therapists around me who are, who are, you know, either do some of the same things that I do or do different things that I do that way. Cause I, I get, I mean, I've had, I have had to, I've had to turn down kids because I don't like, I, I don't have the space for them in my schedule. I always connect them with somebody else. I never want to just leave a child without or anything like that. But my point is once your name gets out there and once people realize that you show up with a smile, you provide a high quality service. You know, when I, when I get told so-and-so came, you came highly recommended by so-and-so like that is like the biggest, like it just puts the biggest smile on your face. It totally does. And it makes you go back to that giddy feeling that you felt in grad school of like, I'm going to go save the world with speech therapy. Now you can like actually go save the world with speech therapy. 
in control of how many times a week you see a client. You're not having to adhere to somebody else's, oh, well, every child has to come once a week. Okay, well, what if that doesn't work for every kid? Um, one specialty I have is seeing infants. And this idea of once a week doesn't really work for what I do with infants. It's really not necessary. A lot of times it's like, oh, like I'll come, you know, I'll see them one time and then maybe I need to see you next week or maybe I'm mad, like let's wait two weeks um, or something like that. So you really just have control and you make it what you want. Like I said, I don't do 30 minute sessions because I don't like them. That And so I just don't have them in my practice. I don't have to ask anyone. I don't have to argue with anybody. I don't have to justify it to anybody because I'm the, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. You're the boss. She's the boss. Y'all aren't going to be able to see this because Instagram does everything backwards. But I actually have like a little coaster that's now like all wonky. But but like it says boss, right? Because it's like pretty cool when you get to be like the boss of your own decisions, right? Like people want to be their own boss, especially like how much, how many of us, let me know in the chat, have like, have had micromanaging bosses, have had like administrators who have no clue what you do, how hard you work, what it really takes to be a speech pathologist and to be a great speech pathologist and the person that you were meant to be. Right. And so like, I really want people to take control of like, of their own lives. Right. So, so before we wrap up, Danny, can you share any like last words of wisdom for people who are like, wow, this gave me a lot to think about. Where do I go from here? Okay. So this is going to be a really specific nitty gritty one, but I think it's so important. And this one may not apply to everyone. If you are married, talk to your spouse about it. Like, I really think like, that's such a so specific thing. Like, I guess I was supposed to say something really inspiring, whatever. If you, if you're married or in a serious relationship, I said, number one, talk to your spouse about it. I think that's really one of the biggest things that biggest factors for me was having a supportive spouse and supportive partner, because I mean, I had, I, I did not start on the side just because of the, the nature of my previous job. I quit my previous job and built up my caseload. So like there was a dip in income. That was like something him and I, like we worked together with the budget um, and it was just, it was a complete game changer to have a supportive spouse and partner. So that's the first thing. If you are, if you're, if you're not a single Pringle, I would 100% get your, talk to your spouse, get them on board. I think that's going to be really, really important. If you are a single Pringle, um, it talk, like talk to someone about it, who you really value their opinion. Um, a lot of times I think it says is something I've learned just through like getting mentorship for all the things is, um, kind of manifesting what you want. So this idea of like, just owning it, like one of the things that Jenna and Jenna actually talks about this in the program is like, just say you own like, you know, private practice. Like I was like, if you don't have one, don't say that, but you know what I mean? This idea of just like owning it, like this is, you know, this is and being okay with that and manifesting these things in your life. And I think that's going to be really important. So you need to start talking about it. You need to start bouncing ideas off of people. You need like Jenna, even she's got our free training. Um, also you have, do you have your free Facebook group? Is it private? What is it? Yeah. The SLP private practice beginners group. So if you're on, if you spend more time on Facebook than Instagram, SLP mm -hmm. private practice beginners in that group, we have over 20,000 SLPs. And I think the reason why it's so popular is because there's just not places where people are talking about this, right? SLPs don't learn anything about private practice in grad school. And then you get into the field and you start like feeling like, Ooh, maybe I'll think about this thing. But then there's almost this like fear of like, but who do I talk to? Like, I can't maybe talk to my coworkers and maybe like my friend from grad school might think 
weird of me if you know what I mean so it's like it's like a little hush hush and that's one of the things I'm also trying to like not have anymore is to like I want people talking about this and so I've provided the safe place for people to do that on Facebook so anyway SLP Pride for a practice speakers group yes that is a great place to start that's I started that's how I started with that Facebook group and listening to podcasts and um I think one thing I want last thing I want to tell everyone is that it's okay and actually even encouraged to do it scared. Like, just do it. Just do it. Uh, it's so worth it. It's 100% worth it. I know if you're, you know, I know if this is something that you just kind of maybe thought about, it might seem like this big, hairy, scary monster in the closet. Um, but Jenna does a really good job about just opening the door and showing you that it's actually not a monster in there um, and breaking everything down for you. I'll hold your hand. Yes. I don't know how to show that well on Instagram, but I'll hold yeah. your hand. 100%. And um, just know that you can 100% do this and you have all, you have all the skills that you need to be able to do this. You just need to get the information. Um, you don't need to go to business school. You don't need an MBA. You don't need, and you don't need anyone's permission either. So just, just do, just do it scared. Just go for it. Just freaking do the dang thing. I love it. Just do the dang thing, and but do the dang thing with help, right? Like so many people say, like, oh, I, I I'm thinking about private. I've been thinking. Oh, people say this. I've been thinking about private practice for years, and I'm like, how many years? And they're like, seven. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, how about we start now? Because in the last seven years, from when you first started thinking about, like, think of all the opportunities that have gone by, right? Like, how many of y'all have been asked? do you treat private clients? Like how many people have had an opportunity to see a private client that they had to say no to, right? I know I let like four or five people go by before I finally had the courage to say yes. And the reason why I had the courage to say yes was because I had mentors that helped me get set up and ready to work with my own private clients. And so, and that was great. That was so helpful. So like, that's the role that I'm serving for you is like, let me get you set up so that the next person who says, oh, hey, I've got a, I've got a private client opportunity for you. Do you want it? You can say, yeah I, yeah, I do. Because I've got my ducks in a row. Jenna got me all set up and I'm ready. Okay. I believe that SLPs are the best people and I'm on a mission to help like a thousand SLPs a year start their own private practices that are successful step by step. So Danny, thank you for being on tonight. Thank you for sharing your story. Y'all, make sure if you're not following Danny already, make sure you give her a follow. She's coming out with an awesome budgeting course in the next couple months that's going to be life-changing for SLPs who are like worried about money and not sure how to invest in that kind of thing. And she and I are good friends. We DM each other all the time. We send each other's little voicemail things. So um, we work really well together. So keep up with us and um, Danny and I will help you make more money and save more money. All right, y'all. Yes. And please DM me if you have questions about the program. Um, I've been through it. I'm still in all the Facebook groups. I still have, like she said, lifetime access. So like, I still have access to all my stuff. If you have questions, if you're just kind of like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I really want this, blah, blah, blah. Please feel free to shoot me a DM. I, I send voice messages and things like that. So if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out and ask because I really, just like Jenna said, I 100% believe in SLPs just being, I want, I want millionaire clinicians. Like that's the goal. And private practice is very much a way to get there. Don't you just love Danny? 
I'm telling you, her energy is incredible. And she's one of my all-time favorite people. And one of the reasons is because she's an action taker. She didn't like her SLP job. So she joined Start Your Private Practice and she created a job that she loves. She and I are also huge supporters of each other's work. And I love how in addition to being dedicated to her private clients, she's also dedicated to her fellow SLPs and teaching financial literacy without fear. She has a new course out called Budget Without Burden that is absolutely amazing. And I highly recommend that you check it out over at thespeechgoods.com. And also make sure that you're following her on Instagram. She is at speechgoods. Send her a DM and tell her that you heard this episode and what your number one takeaway was. As always, thank you for listening. As you know, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 SLPs start, grow, and scale successful private practices this year. So if you want help with your private practice, it would be my honor to help you, just like I've helped Danny and over 10,000 others. If you're on Instagram, send me a DM with the word start or grow, whichever one you need help with. I'm at independent clinician. I'll ask you a few questions and figure out if I can help you. And if I can guide you to the right resources or program. Don't be shy. I'm serious. Send me a DM. Okay. See you next week. Have been toying with the idea of starting a private practice for some time now. So even being a full-time working mom, it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.